Are you a self-starter? Available to work immediately and independently? Have clear writing skills, good evaluation skills, and exceptionally good at sleeping? Well, uh, also, you must uh, sleep alone to ensure an undisturbed night's sleep. Sleep Junkie. Yes, they are looking for an official mattress tester. So you can apply. And if you, after you're done, you get to keep a mattress that you like and you get to make $3,000. That's not bad. Two months, three grand, plus the $1,500 mattress. So you're going to be sent three mattresses over a two month period. You're going to be expected to thoroughly test and evaluate each one. You must also write a review describing their sleep quality, mood, and comfort of the mattress. Now, that seems like a pretty fair deal. Uh, after the testing period, you get to keep your favorite of the mattresses, and you get to be paid $3,000. But we scroll down here, and where it talked about um, the person that they're looking to do the gig um i get the you know self-starter available to work immediately and independently have clear writing skills good evaluation skills exceptionally good at sleeping but it says here the individual must also sleep alone to ensure an undisturbed night's sleep that may be true for you know a few of the nights that you're testing the mattress but isn't testing a mattress wanting the full experience of the test Mm -hmm. i think so and what else happens on mattresses that gives it the full test you know the answer welcome to chewing the fat Today is, uh, you know, we'll start off with uh, business day after you've, uh, you know, you've talked about a gig that you're going to get by uh, testing mattresses. Um, yesterday, we found out that uh, Amazon uh, founder Jeff Bezos said, you know what, uh, in quarter three of this year, yeah, I'm going to create a position for me on the board. I'm going to become the executive chairman of the board. And, you know, that's it. I'm going to step down as CEO. Oh, okay, no problem. So I guess you want to spend a little bit more time testing mattresses with the new girlfriend. (laughs) So Amazon Web Services Chief, who's been with the company since, uh, I don't know, 97, I think they said, um, has uh, Andy Jassy is going to take the CEO spot. Wow. I mean, that's just incredible. Now, you know, I joke around about um, him spending more time with his girlfriend, but I did listen to an interview with someone who actually knew about, uh, you know, CEOs and big companies, and they seemed to think that it was a good thing that he was stepping down because Amazon had reached a point where they need someone who can run it and do the logistics of this monster company that Jeff has created. And they, and I call him Jeff because, you know, we're pals and we have the same first name. Uh, and he needs to just create and be the disruptor that he is. Uh, I think uh, the man's done a pretty good job. 
<laughs> I mean, it has touched every aspect of everyone's life somehow. And so I don't know that, uh, you know, maybe maybe this uh, Andy Jassy has been uh, running most of it anyway. I know that he's part of the, uh, you know, the web services chief. You know, he built AWS. And, you know, that's a, a pretty good gig. Uh, the cloud service from Amazon, uh, you know, that's uh, it's a pretty big deal. So, I mean, sales have topped $100 billion for the first time. Uh, I wonder what that had to do with anything with the COVID-19 pandemic. Could it be anything? Well, yeah, maybe. You never know. Um, <laughs> I know that they're, you know, having their internal problems with, uh, you know, the organizing unions in the companies. They also agreed uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, to pay $62 million to settle charges around its failure to pay some of its Amazon Flex drivers their full tips. Oh, huh. That's kind of weird, right? Ah, don't worry about it. It's only $62 million. We got that covered. No problem. Uber, yesterday, uh, you know, the rideshare, uh, they announced acquisition of the Boston-based Drizzly for $1.1 billion. Yes, Drizzly. The nine-year-old company is the leading alcohol delivery service. It's partnered with thousands of liquor retailers across 1,400 U.S. cities and provides the infrastructure for stores to offer delivery services. Wow. And unlike Uber, it doesn't actually hire the drivers. That's kind of weird. So I guess Uber is going to integrate Drizzly's service into its Eats app and keep Drizzly app running as well. (laughs) That's probably a billion dollars uh, for your company. That's a pretty good deal and if they're going to keep the app up and running i mean somebody's got to run it right so a lot of the drizzly people are probably still hanging on um pretty cool and you'll be able to you know use uber eats to get your booze delivered to the house too alphabet you know google's parent company uh they've done pretty well uh through the pandemic they uh posted an earning record of 56.9 billion dollars in revenue last quarter that's not too bad (laughs) now the cloud business of google uh, they listed a loss of 5.6 billion last year that's because of amazon's cloud service right i mean that andy jesse has got that cranking for amazon so google you know is probably a little happy that uh jassy's moving on to the ceo job and won't be specifically focused on the cloud service maybe they can make a little bit of extra money exxon mobile recorded its first annual loss wow since the exxon mobile merger in 1999 this is their first loss wow uh it shed 22.4 billion dollars Wow. According to them, last year presented the most challenging market conditions ExxonMobil has ever experienced. Yeah, no kidding. UPS posted a record $24.9 billion in revenue during uh, Q4's e-commerce bonanza. Uh, Wow. 
According to this, Amazon paid almost $11.3 billion to UPS last year, representing 13.3% of its total revenue, which is why Amazon wants to get into their own <laughs> their own services, man, because that's a, that's a lot of money. That could be going back into your own pocket. And Pfizer's report. Yeah, the pharma company. It's going to earn $15 billion in revenue. What could have happened at Pfizer? What could have happened at Pfizer? I guess there was some kind of shot that they came up with. Something like that. I don't remember exactly what it was. Tesla uh, had a recall. They finally recalled their uh, 135,000 Model S and Model X vehicles over touchscreen display issues. Pretty good. They've been... uh, They've been fighting that for a little while, so they finally gave in and uh, recalled. And they had a tough day, or at least Elon had a tough day, because they had to do the recall. And then the Starship prototype crashed yesterday uh, with the test flight. That was just, that was incredible to watch, man. I mean, it flew, took off perfectly. It looked great. And you're looking up at it great. It flew for like six or seven minutes. And you watch it coming down. And it looks like everything's okay. And just like every other crash, everything looks okay until it's not. You can quote me on that. (laughs) Everything looks fine uh, until it isn't. And uh, then it wasn't. And second one blew up on that landing man they've got to uh they got to do a little something a little something something on the landing of the uh of the starships and Kraft Heinz one more business update for you Kraft Heinz I mean who's not a fan of Kraft I am a Kraft Heinz ketchup police officer uh is close to selling its planters brand to Hormel Foods huh so Hormel wants to buy Planters brand from Kraft Heinz. I mean, there's nothing like peanuts in your chili, right? Ah, ha, ah, ah, ah. Did I mention that Alphabet, you know, the parent company of Google, earned a record of $56.9 billion this year? Huh. Just a, a weird... A weird thing that got me thinking about, uh, you know, making sure that you're safe online when you're searching for things. Huh. I mean, sure, the companies uh, are going to continue their campaign of censorship, repression, and cancel culture until, you know, probably until the last voice of opposition has been crushed. So they're backed. Um, you know, by some of the largest companies in the world, you know, like Alphabet. Uh, and so far, they've uh, formed this unholy alliance between the social media companies and the search engine companies to track, censor, and, well, I mean, practically spy on you. And there's never been a more important time to protect your Internet activity from bad actors. And that's why you need to use ExpressVPN. Everything you search for, watch, or click on can be tracked by big tech companies. They can match your activity to your true identity using your device's unique IP address. When you switch on ExpressVPN with your computer or phone, 
uh, your IP address is masked by the secure VPN server, which makes it harder for websites to identify you. The ExpressVPN app also encrypts the network data to protect your sensitive information from being compromised. Plus, you can use ExpressVPN on up to five devices simultaneously, so your whole family can stay safe with a single subscription. I love ExpressVPN. I love how it makes me feel when I log on. Uh, I log on and then ExpressVPN connects and it lets me know it's connected and I'm like, oh, (sighs) okay, that's great. It just takes one click to protect all your devices. That's why they're rated the number one VPN by CNET and Wired. So stop handing over all your data to big tech companies and their far left enablers in the government. Defend your rights with the VPN I trust for online protection. Visit expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. Expressvpn.com slash Jeffy, J E F F Y. E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash J-E-F-F-Y. <laughs> if you do that now, you get three extra months free. So go to expressvpn.com slash Jeffy right now to learn more. Expressvpn.com slash Jeffy. Okay, so we have got to talk about the well, woman named Misha DeFonseca. In 1997, she published a memoir recalling her journey to survive the Holocaust. In this memoir, she said after her Jewish parents were deported by the Nazis from Belgium to Germany, she hiked for years through the forest to find them. But the lonely kid met up with a pack of wolves that accepted her as one of their own. Being so young, she left home. The then 60-year-old author claimed she had no memory of her real surname and never discovered what became of her mother, Gersha, and father, Robert. The book is called Misha, a memoir of the Holocaust years. It's been translated into 20 languages, sold millions of copies. It inspired the 2007 French film. It attracted the attention of Disney and Oprah Winfrey. De Fonseca had tears in her eyes on talk shows and gave inspiring speeches to stun students across Europe. And if you thought to yourself, wow, that kind of sounds unbelievable. Yeah. Um, because it was the whole story was a lie now i i guess it's okay i mean i don't i'm not really is she trying to you know pull a pull the wool over all our eyes or you know wolf fur over all our eyes makes it bad but (laughs) if she'd just come out and said it's just a story it, would, it wouldn't have been, well, she probably wouldn't have sold as many copies, that's for sure. But there's a new documentary called Misha and the Wolves, which just premiered at the Sundance Film Festival. And it explains how uh, De Fonseca was revealed to be a fraudster after years of peddling her bunk history. <laughs> that is fantastic. 
I mean, I mean, it's horrible, and that she lied through the whole thing, and you know, whatever. So now she's been in court uh, because they're trying to get all this money back from her, like twenty million bucks, right? So um, she was asking for the return of copyright to her name and all the royalties she was due for book sales. There was uh, so much anger and bitterness between the parties. By the time I got involved, there was not much room for negotiation. So they ruled in her favor originally, awarding her because she was trying to get money for the movies and they were trying to do all this. And they said, yeah, of course. Um, And then now uh, she's the testimony and they went before a judge and now... uh, she needs to pay all that money back because originally she you know they the jury awarded her seven i don't know seven and a half million something like that and then uh the judge said yeah no she's owed more than that uh seven and a half million that's not that's not very much uh give her 22 and a half million oh okay no problem so now they're after <laughs> They're after her to give the money back. And uh, according to this, uh, a Massachusetts appeals court judge, yeah, you're going to have to give that money back. Uh, that's just the way. You're going to have to give back the $22.5 million. Oh, okay. Now, she claims here that she asked for forgiveness from all those who feel betrayed. But I begged themselves to put themselves in the shoes of a four-year-old girl who had lost everything. So she's still trying to she's still trying to sack it and make it. Because <laughs> it does look. Um, she it turned out that her parents had truly been deported by the Nazis, but for being resistance fighters. And according to this, her father, Robert, cracked under pressure of interrogation and revealed all the names of his compatriots in exchange for getting to see his little girl one more time. He and his wife both died in a German concentration camp, and De Fonseca became known as the traitor's daughter. <laughs> so she lived with her grandma and grandpa. Wow. So, I mean, that's pretty tough. I mean, I know that she claimed that she was Jewish and raised by Catholic uh, local churches and the wolves. And then when they were shooting the film, they talk about uh, being with wolves. And the one the one guy had talked about how she was uh, in with the wolves. And the wolf, the one wolf, put his mouth over her head as they when she was in with the wolves and she just calmly removed her head from the wolf's mouth and you know everything was back to normal again with the wolves and the guy filming was like well of course she has this connection with wolves that's she was raised by them she's she's got this connection with them it was all a lie i mean think about that could you do that i guess for you know millions of dollars you know no problem you just uh oh is that a wolf putting his putting his jaws over my skull yeah uh, no problem don't worry about it here's a nice little wolfie who's a good little wolfie let my head free <laughs> for a few million and uh, having your book uh, translated around the world yeah no problem you're doing that piece of cake 
All right, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink as it is anyway. Oh, man, look at that. Oh, man, it looks so good. Let's see if it is. Oh, that is so good. Now, you know, I stopped. I stopped promoting. Uh, I stopped saying it was Coca-Cola Zero because they're not a sponsor. They're not a sponsor of this program, and I want them to be a sponsor of this program. I'm such a fan of Coke Zero. I want them to be a sponsor of this program. So if I keep giving them free mentions, then they're not going to do it. They're not going to do Why would they? I'm giving it to them for free. So today I hear uh, Mr. Big Shot, Glenn Beck, on his radio show, whatever, you know, his national radio show, um, and he's talking about he's going to boycott Coca-Cola because he's pissed at Coca-Cola and their diversity program. And they sent out notices to law firms demanding that the company will require diversity among law firms who bill it for work in the United States and reduce payments if they do not comply. And so, I mean, this is what's been going on with these companies forever anyway, I'm surprised that this hasn't happened already from Coca-Cola. They are a huge, monstrous company, uh, global. They're not going to, it just isn't going to happen. They're going to bow down to this. Uh, And, you know, companies have been doing it. Sure, you can fight against it. And should we? Yes, we should make a point of doing it. And are there ways to do it? I guess I don't know. Uh, you know, all these companies want diversity. They're saying you've got to have so many women on the board and so many black people on the board and so many people from you know a, an island in the middle of the Pacific on your board. Uh, you know, they're making they're making it all. You know, you have to do this, or at least you know you have to make attempts to do this in your companies. So this is what pushed you know Glenn over the edge is this uh, requiring the diversity with these law firms with Coca-Cola. Well, and he's not going to drink Coca-Cola products anymore. And I thought, well, they don't just have Coca-Cola. They don't just have that. They have other products as well. So I went to the company's website, coca-colacompany.com slash brands. <laughs> and they have sections under beverage categories sparkling soft drinks waters and hydration juices dairy and plant-based coffees and teas wow according to this 200 plus countries and territories offer our products 200 brands worldwide um Good luck. Good luck boycotting Coca-Cola. And I hope, you know, I hope it works out. Just don't mess with my Coca-Cola Zero. Okay? Please? That would be nice of you. That's all I want. Just don't mess with my Coca-Cola Zero. Please. Just a friendly reminder to not boycott Chewing the Fat, this podcast. No. You're listening to it right now. And if you're listening to it and you're not a subscriber, you need to subscribe to the podcast. It's real simple. Just subscribe. 
whatever your platform you're listening to the show on right now, just use that platform and subscribe to this podcast. <laughs> it's just that simple. Now, if you don't like the platform that you're listening to it on, or if you're at a friend's house and they're saying, hey, you listen to this and you're not sure that you like the platform they're subscribed on, you can choose your own. There's iTunes, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, whatever. Uh, and or then there's a plethora of other platforms, whatever warms the cockles of your heart. And you can subscribe to the podcast yourself on whatever platform you want to. That's how it works. It is still America kind of for uh you know for right now so subscribe to the podcast and you might as well subscribe to my youtube channel as well chewing the fat with jeff fisher uh and you know click the little notification bell so you get alerts when uh, new when new stuff happens on the on the channel and then you know come along for the ride on social media as well twitter is at jeffy jfr instagram and facebook is jeff fisher radio and if and when that great and almighty parlor come back uh it will be jeff fisher radio there as well however i don't necessarily see that happening so i started watching uh a show called pretend it's the city and it's a netflix seven part series with fran Leibowitz. now she's an author and a writer and you know i I know people have a problem with her, but I've always enjoyed her. I've always enjoyed her work, and I know that she's a New York lesbian, and, you know, I remember reading her stuff in Interview magazine from the Andy Warhol magazine, which I loved. It was was such a great magazine in, uh, in the, well, my grandfather used to get it for me in the 70s and the 80s. But I loved that magazine. It was always, you know, really big. They they had to downsize it now. But in the in the days of Andy Warhol and when Fran was writing, she wrote for that magazine. I think she said eleven years. Uh, and I found it fascinating that she talked about never getting along with Andy Warhol very well. They didn't like each other and they would argue. But uh, you know, she wrote for the magazine for you know eleven years anyway. And it's it's uh, done by Martin Scorsese. And Martin is, you know, kind of a kind of an interviewee kind of guy, and he's not in front of the camera kind of guy. But he and Fran, I guess, are friends, and they've been friends forever. And so I feel like this was kind of put together by Scorsese as a thing to help Fran out and get her some money from Netflix. Uh, she talks about how she, you know, need she needed money, and she was, you know, she's uh, she's. I don't know, 70 now, something like that. And she, you know, still, you know, needing money to survive. And it talks about her reading and it's just her philosophy and her funny outlook on life and her way of looking at things. And it's just, it's just, you know, I enjoyed it. And, and you know, I'm a, I'm a semi New Yorker at heart. I, you know, I worked in the city. I loved, you know, going in and out of the city. I love New York. Uh, the New York that, that, you know, we know and love not the new york of you know nastiness that we know today maybe it was always that way jeff no i know i know but it's still the city man it's new york and uh so if you get an opportunity watches was, was really enjoyable to me uh just because it's fran Leibowitz and i really you know enjoyed her work over the years and i enjoy her you know 
outlook on things but i felt like again you know scorsese is i feel like this was just a thing he was like oh fran needs some money we were talking at a party and fran needs some money hey netflix you know what i'd like to do we're looking to put a little thing together and we're just going to make it uh, we're going to talk to fran and we'll shoot some shots in the city and we'll produce some shots here but it's just gonna we're just gonna talk to fran and get her thoughts on life i love her she's funny uh people know who she is and we'll make it into a series and we'll take uh you know give us a few million and give fran a couple of million and uh, i'll do it for you i mean are you gonna say no to martin scorsese no he just got done making that stupid Irishman for them, which was all kinds of awards and made all kinds of money. So they're not going to say, no, ah, uh, Marty, no, uh, we're not doing that. Oh, uh, this is something you want to do for us? Yeah, okay, fine, no problem. So I feel like that's what it was. But it's still worth a watch if you enjoy Fran Leibowitz. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And did you see where uh, DeSantis, Florida, the governor of the great state of Florida, uh, is now trying to go after big tech and social media, uh, you know, under the you know guise of ensuring the protection of people and their rights. I know, I know. Good luck. I uh, I don't know how he's going to pull it off, but he said he's going to try to get this together, and he listed you know multiple examples of overreach by social media please overreach by social media i think we all know that there hasn't been any overreach from social media are you kidding me i mean we saw where uh nick Pasilio, the communications at twitter formerly working for uh, kamala harris by the way he uh just uh talked about a new study uh, from researchers who released a report stating that uh, claims of anti-conservative bias are a form of disinformation of falsehood with no reliable evidence to support it so don't talk to me about overreach governor desantis <laughs> so according to the governor he uh proposed that he wants you know to go through the legislative process that they want to crack down on unfair practices by big tech companies now he wants to require social media platforms to give proper notice and disclosure of disclosure of changes to their content standards or terms of service and provide full disclosure of any actions taken against a user for violating their standards they will argue that they've already done that right i mean now that was the big fight with youtube too and the judge already said with youtube yeah they've already done that you they they give you notice you signed the deal and that's what uh jack tries to say every time he's in uh any of those hearings well people uh, it's our rules of service and uh, we update those rules of services and we tell you when we update those rules of services that they get updated every so often and it's uh, your responsibility to make sure that you are updated on the rules of service and you know he's trying what desantis in florida is trying to do is prevent social media platforms from rapidly changing these standards and applying them uh unequally against users <laughs> what why would they do something like that that's just silly oh sure sure they used a new civic integrity policy 
to shut down Mike Lindell. <laughs> and then they used a new uh, a new company policy called the ban evasion policy. I guess the ban evasion policy was probably not as new as the civic integrity, but they're both, you know, company policies. So <laughs> I was just this is silly that you would think that they would just change and apply them <laughs> against you know users they wanted to they were they according to florida and the governor they want to provide users the option to opt out of the various algorithms these platforms use to steer content or suppress content from the view of other users i would like that i would like that i would like uh i would like to know the algorithms and have be in charge of my own algorithms as well um that's a that's a good idea i don't think it's going to happen but i would like it provide users the ability to bring lawsuits against tech companies and empower the florida attorney general to bring actions against the tech company for violations of these requirements under florida's unfair and deceptive trade practices act they want to uh, other proposals impose a daily hundred thousand dollar fine on a tech company that deplatforms a candidate for elected office in Florida during an election until the candidate's access to the platform is restored. If a tech company promotes one candidate for office against another, the value of that free promotion must be recorded as a political campaign contribution enforced by the Florida Elections Commission. If a tech company uses algorithms to suppress or prioritize the access of any content related to a political cause or candidate on the ballot, that company will face daily fines. That all sounds good. Um it really sounds good and i know that they're trying to say you know hey elections in florida keep your hands off uh it's not for you to do um good luck good luck i mean if you're gonna you know you impose a hundred thousand dollar fine on uh on facebook or twitter you're gonna get them to pay it uh do they believe that they're that they owe that money uh do they believe that their tweet about a particular candidate is actually a tweet about that candidate or were they just giving news and the news happened to be about that candidate that's not a political campaign promotion that's a you know promotion on the news story it's just you know i i i love what he's trying to do and this is some of the stuff that our federal government should have been trying to do when they held all those hearings and they you know said that they were going to crack down and then did absolutely nothing and they will do absolutely nothing because the social media uh, crowd is uh, too strong you know sometimes when people do things you think you know that's a good idea so two social media influencers who managed to actually make the Hollywood sign read Holly Boob <laughs> uh, before being arrested, of course. Uh, they were arrested on suspicion of trespassing. Um, yeah, I mean, they trespassed. We, we, already, we already know that. So I got these, uh, what they're mad about is the censorship on Instagram. And right I mean, one of them said they lost millions of followers and part of her livelihood. Uh, her accounts were shuttered for nudity. Okay, and not only that, but they were raising awareness for breast cancer. So, I mean, not only were they trying to say, hey, Instagram, let us show our breasts if we want to, 
uh, they were saying free the nipple campaign on I mean we're freeing the nipple in Gainesville Florida or at least we're attempting to uh, let's free the nipple campaign on on Instagram as well um, <laughs> Julia Rose of LA whose shag mag company uh, is the modern rival to Playboy. And we've talked about Shag Mag before. I feel like I've talked to this Julia Rose before, too. I don't, maybe, I, I don't I don't remember. How can I remember? I mean, yeah, they, they gained notoriety with their friend for flashing their breasts at the World Series. Yes! And they got a lifetime ban for Major League Baseball. Yes, we did talk to these people. Yes, they've been on this program. Bless their hearts. Bless their hearts. I have to go back and find that interview. So that we can, uh, you know, you'll be able to hear it. Uh, we absolutely uh, talked to them before. But, you know, what they did is they brought a big tarp uh, for the B <laughs> to go over the W and uh, the D. They said they attempted to sign, uh, to get to the sign multiple times late last year, but failed in part because the big B tarps were too heavy. So it looks like what they did was they brought one big tarp and then the other was just put a uh, some sort of tarp or paper or piece of wood or something in between the D so it looked like a B from far away. So it was a holly boob. <laughs> Not quite as... It's not quite as good as you think, as you want it to be, but it is good. So, and, and look, it's sure they were upset about losing millions of followers and a lot of money on their Instagram accounts, but it was about breast cancer. And who likes breast cancer? No one. No one. Okay? So, it's important that we get this promoted and taken care of because no place else on earth is breast cancer promoted except everywhere else i mean wow she her personal and company instagram accounts had six million followers combined uh that's a lot of money and a lot of a lot of people a lot of eyeballs that would be 12 million eyeballs to be exact jeff if they all have two eyes but uh according to this uh, she said that, uh, she was pushing the boundaries of censorship on those accounts by featuring fellow influencers, barely covering up, but she also felt Instagram and its parent company, Facebook censored accounts unfairly. Um, so to, you know, make things better for more established brands like Playboy Oh, hello. You mean the bigger companies are getting preference over the little guy? Huh. No. Stop it. I won't hear of it. They also announced uh, yesterday where a few more of the new fill-in hosts for Alex Trebek on Jeopardy. So we have Dr. Oz now. We have Anderson Cooper. We have Savannah Guthrie. We have Dr. Sanjay Gupta. They are going to guest host on Jeopardy as well. Wow. So we've got those guys. And then we have 
Uh, well, Ken Jennings, of course, which, you know, I watched a couple of his episodes and he's not that bad. He's not that bad. Uh, Katie Couric. Oh man. Oh man. Do I, do I can't, do I, am I one of the only people that can't wait to see her? I guess I am. Cause I'm not really excited about seeing her at all. Bill Whitaker, the 60 minutes correspondent, uh, and, uh, Mahim Bilek. Uh, you may remember her from big bang theory. Uh, she is, you know, played the. You know, the smart one, which, you know, may go over well. She might be doing And Aaron Rodgers, are you kidding me? Aaron Rodgers is still on the list. Okay. All right. So good luck. God bless. And, you know, it happens all around the world. Not only are people getting arrested and busted for partying and getting together in this country, the United States of America. Uh, did you know that France, France, is arresting people france is arresting people for getting together and you know having a little get together officials were alerted there was some kind of you know nosy france karen reporting a little get together going on and these people were you know fined and a few people were taken in for questioning they had uh sure there was alcohol and there was a large sound system and there was plenty of other equipment that was confiscated. Uh, sure, they were breaking the coronavirus curfew in place from 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. that prohibits people from leaving their residence unless they have an exemption or are commuting to and from work or school, have medical appointments or essential family reasons. Uh, sure, uh, these people were not we're not uh, having any of the uh, any of the special dispensations to be out. There was eighty one of them. Uh, they were uh, there uh, having a giant orgy, and apparently the Karen was mad that she wasn't invited, so they shut it down. But it's not only happening here in America. We talk about the orgies that are shut down here in the United States of America. And now we've talked about the orgies that are being shut down in the United Kingdom. And now we're talking about orgies being shut down in France. The world is gone to hell. When you can't have an orgy in France, I can't take it. I can't. I can't take it. I can't take it. It's bad enough. It's bad enough that I have to read that the national parks are going to have a mask mandate here in the United States of America. Now visitors and employees alike are required to wear face masks on national park grounds. Now, if you can, according to this, it looks like if you can have the social distancing, with with anyone that you're at on the in the park you don't have to wear a mask but i don't know that that will work uh because they're saying that uh wearing a mask around others yeah 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 we all know physical distancing washing your hands we know all that got that so you have to wear a mask at all times while in the park facilities or on park property mask must be worn even outside if adequate social distancing cannot be maintained so obviously if you're in france and you're you know at the house to have an orgy you know, there's no physical distancing 
going on. But if you're at a national park, <laughs> if you're going to be outside in a national park and you've got to wear a mask, are you kidding me? No, we're not kidding you, Jeff. That's uh, Those are the new rules and mandates from this administration. You know, earlier we talked about uh, the earnings from Alphabet. And I, I don't know why we have to do this every time, but it's like the disclaimer. Alphabet, you know, Google's parent company. And we talked about the earnings from ExxonMobil. And we talked about the earnings from UPS and the earnings from Pfizer. And it got me thinking about... Uh, you know, companies' values. So as I'm sitting here talking to you, I'm kind of scrolling around looking at trying to find some of the bigger companies' values. So I'll just, you know, I'll leave, for those of you listening live on the 3rd of February, 2021, uh, I'll leave you with just uh, (laughs) five companies that I have in front of me here, their value, to make you feel better about your life. Okay, that's this... To me, to you, you want to feel better about your life, okay? So JetBlue, JetBlue, worth four point, valued at $4.5 billion. Now, you know that's going down, right? I mean, there's, after COVID-19 and uh, everything else is going on, it's going to take a lot longer than a year or two to get that value up. There's no doubt about that. GameStop. And I don't know, this is before the Reddit uh, fun with everything else that says here is valued at $22.7 billion. So I would, you know, if you have money in GameStop and need to get out, I would get out now. Because uh, it appears to be dropping like a lead balloon. And it, well, it should because it was falsely valued to begin with. That was the fun of the bet. Uh, Twitter, valued at forty point. $2 billion. Now let's get up to a couple of biggies, okay? McDonald's. McDonald's. Valued at $154.9 billion. I know. I know. You'd almost think, really? That's it? And Procter & Gamble. Procter & Gamble. I'd be interested. I'd like to... I should go down in the list. Procter & Gamble is kind of like Coca-Cola. All the companies and products that they own, but they say here they're valued at three hundred and fifteen point seven billion dollars. So Procter and Gamble has well over sixty products <laughs> uh, that they have. I went to their website real quick here. According to their website, uh, pgcareers.com. Uh, 180 countries sell their brands. They have net sales of $65 billion. Customers that they claim use their brands are $5 billion. And they break down their brands in fabric care, home care, baby care, feminine care, family care, grooming, oral care, personal health care, hair care, skin, and personal care. So that makes good sense that they are valued at $315.7 billion. Wow. Between them and Coca-Cola, man. Oof. What's Coca-Cola valued at? That's one thing we never talked about today is how much Coca-Cola was valued at. 
Interesting. It says here they're valued at $84 billion. Wow, I would have guessed more than $84 billion. I would have guessed at least $100 billion, right? I mean, Procter & Gamble has it's over $300 billion in Coca-Cola. Maybe that's just the U.S. Maybe that's not global. Anyway, uh, these companies are they're just too big. They're too big and need to be regulated and shut down, right? Right? Right. 